What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the How to Vegan podcast. My name's Kristen. I am the host of this podcast, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in. Today's episode is going to be all about booze. Is it vegan? Is it not vegan? We're going to be getting into all of that in just a little bit. But first, I just want to take a second to thank today's sponsor, Osea Malibu. They are the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line, and I'm in love with their products. They have changed the skin on my face for the better in so many ways. So I'll definitely be chatting a little bit more about them in a hot minute. So stay tuned for that as well as a little friend discount code that I have for you. If you're not following the podcast on Instagram, go give that a little follow. It's just at How to Vegan Podcast. You'll see it. You'll find me as well. Give me a little follow. It's just Kristen.pound. And if you're enjoying this episode and you think other people might enjoy it as well, take a little screenshot, share it on your Instagram story, tag the podcast account, tag my personal account, and I will definitely share that because I love when you guys spread the awareness about this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. Just so you're aware, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. It's out there. It's everywhere. So make sure you're subscribed and turn on your little auto downloads for this podcast so it'll immediately download the episode for you when a new one is released and you'll be able to listen to it anytime, anywhere. And if you're loving, loving, loving the podcast, which I hope you are, then please do me a huge favor and head on over to iTunes or if you have the Apple Podcasts app, or even if you don't, download the app and help me out and leave a rating and review. It really helps push the podcast up. It helps more people see the podcast, which is the goal. I really want as many people as possible to know about this podcast so that they can gather the information and hopefully start eating less animals, harming less animals, and just will know about all of this information that I put together for you guys and can start to form more educated opinions. So leaving a rating, leaving an awesome review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes just is such a huge, a huge benefit for the podcast. So thank you so much to those of you who do that. If you haven't done it, pause the episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on that app, pause it, leave a review, leave a rating. I would appreciate it more than you know. And don't forget to share this episode with any of your peeps who might be interested in any of this info that I've put together for you today. Go ahead, share that vegan love. It feels good. And like I always say, the ripple effect is so real. If you're interested in anything that I talk about in today's episode, you can head on over to kristenpound.com to get the full show notes. Just click on the podcast tab once you're there, or you can just head straight to the show notes by typing in kristenpound.com slash podcast, or there will be a link that will take you directly to this specific episode in the show notes of whatever podcast listening platform that you are tuning into today. Alrighty, now let's get into today's topic. What's the deal with alcohol? So if you've been listening to the podcast for a little bit now, then you're probably aware that I have a series called What's the Deal With? And I dive real deep, real, real, real deep into a specific topic that is maybe a little bit controversial or that not a lot of people know about. And a lot of these ideas come from you guys. So this is one that was highly suggested, especially for this time of year. People are like, hey, can you please do an episode about alcohol? Is it vegan? Is it not vegan? I hear conflicting things. So that is what I'm doing today. And I'm really excited. I spent a lot of time putting together the episode for you. 
I did a bunch of research and I think it's going to be a pretty thorough, in-depth chat about alcohol and how to find vegan alcohol, how to stay away from things that aren't vegan when it comes to alcohol and just getting real deep and into the topic of booze. So in this episode, I'm going to cover why some alcohol is not vegan, how to find out if a specific beer, wine, or spirit, aka hard alcohol or liquor, is vegan or not. I'll go through some popular beer and wine that is vegan, so you'll know if you see something at the store, what you can just grab and feel comfortable with knowing that it did not harm any animals in order for it to be made. And I'm also going to be talking about some common non-vegan mixers to be aware of as well. Plus more. I'm going to be talking about more, but those are kind of the main highlights of what I'm going to be chatting about in today's episode. So when you first go vegan, you'll you'll obviously cut out meat, fish, dairy, eggs, hopefully even honey. I have a what's the deal with honey episode, so if you haven't checked that out, definitely listen to that. But after you've been vegan for a while, or maybe right off the bat, it just depends on the person, you're probably going to start considering even more choices that you make and you're going to want to be more educated so that you can make choices that really do fully align with your morals and values. And one of the things that most people aren't super aware about is alcohol. And guess what? It isn't always vegan. So before we dive into all of this alcohol info, I did just want to let you know that I do know a lot about alcohol. I was in the restaurant industry for almost 15 years. I did everything from serving to bartending to managing, and I was a bar manager at one of the best gin-forward restaurants in Boise. So not only is this a little fun fact about me that you may not know, but it means that I know my shit. I definitely know what I'm talking about here. Plus, it really made it an even more fun episode to put together for you guys because it was kind of combining a lot of what I've done for most of my adult life and what I'm doing now, educating people about veganism. So this was a really fun episode to put together for you guys, and I really hope you appreciate it. Okay, so now to the question that everybody's here for me to answer. Why isn't some alcohol vegan? And this is kind of confusing because most alcohol is made from grains and fruit. So alcohol by nature is vegan, but there are two reasons as to why some alcohol isn't vegan. So the first reason is because brewmasters, winemakers, and distillers, but most often brewmasters and distillers, may include animal ingredients in their products directly. So when they're making the actual product, non-vegan ingredients like milk, honey, eggs, among others, might be found in the final recipe. And this is much more common in beer and liquor than in wine. So think things like milk stouts, which usually contain lactose, or Baileys, which contains milk. So it's in the actual product itself, which obviously would make it not vegan. Or number two, they might use them during processing and filtration. And this filtering process is also known as fining. So during this fining process, Companies often use things like gelatin, which if you don't know, is made from boiling the skin, tendons, ligaments, and or bones of cows and pigs, which is just fucking gross. They also can use egg whites and most commonly isinglass, which is a substance obtained from the dried swim bladders of fish. And these things are used during the fining process. So again, things like gelatin, 
egg whites, and most commonly ice and glass. So to give you an example, when wine is made, there are natural just sediments that are left over in the wine, just kind of like chunky, floaty things, just naturally, you know, it's made from grapes and there's, it's just a natural part of the winemaking process, but nobody really wants to be drinking wine with chunks and floaties in it. So they typically don't sell the wine until those sediments are gone. And after some patience and time, gravity will filter these sediments down to the bottom of the tank or barrel, and you can just remove the wine, leaving the sediment there. And that's how it was traditionally made. But today, people want to get their wine on the shelves much faster. We live in a fast-paced, money-driven world. So they found ways to remove the sediment more quickly than just letting it sit there and settle. And that's where these fining agents, again, such as egg whites, isinglass, and gelatin, come into play. These non-vegan ingredients grab onto the impurities in the wine and make it easier to catch them in the filter. So they kind of like stick to them, and then it's easier to get these bigger pieces of sediment out once they're attached to these non-vegan ingredients. But a lot of winemakers and brewmasters are still using these non-vegan ingredients to filter out these sediments. Now, at this point, some of you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal? At the end of the day, the filtered wine doesn't contain any animal products in it, so isn't it vegan? Well, yes and no. Winemakers really can't 100% guarantee that no gelatin, egg whites, casein, which can often be used, which is the milk protein, or isinglass snuck into your wine bottle. So it's probably vegan, but it might not be. And as far as my opinion goes, I really don't want to be eating any gelatin or egg whites or the swim bladders of fish. I just really don't want for there to be a chance for me to consume that. So it's probably vegan, but it might not be. And the same goes for beer. The fining process that some breweries use works pretty much the same way as wineries. So it can just be hard to tell whether a beer is vegan or not without doing a little research. And it's really important to do your own research because unfortunately, you can't just turn over the bottle and read the ingredients list to make sure it's vegan, which is really annoying because alcohol is usually exempt from the labeling requirements that are required by food products. And I'm just so used to turning over something that I'm about to buy to make sure it's vegan, but you can't do that typically with alcohol. It just doesn't say what's in it on the label. But you will start to see more and more wineries and breweries using a vegan label, a label that says vegan clearly on their bottles, because why not? If that was just on the front of the bottle, you just grab it. There's so many more people living this lifestyle and wanting to make sure that no animals are harmed and not wanting to eat those kinds of products or drink those kinds of products in this case. So you will start to see that more and more. And I just think that's awesome. And it's great because these companies are realizing that veganism is not a trend and that they'll be able to make more money if they can sell more of their product. And another thing that many wineries and brewmasters are now using instead of egg whites and fish bladders and gelatin are things like bentonite clay and activated charcoal as filtration agents. And some manufacturers are even getting rid of the filtration process altogether in favor of allowing the process of clarification to occur naturally like it used to. So after doing all this research and kind of diving into this, it does seem like the availability of vegan wine is on the rise and vegan beer as well. So for those of you that are loving your wine, loving your beer, this is a really good sign. 
So what about liquor, hard alcohol, spirits? Well, fortunately, virtually every brand, every type of hard liquor, bourbon, whiskey, vodka, gin, rum, is vegan. They don't use a filtering process like the beer and wine industries do, but the final recipes might have non-vegan ingredients added to them, such as cream-based liqueurs like Bailey's and products that mention honey on the label like Jack Daniel's Honey Whiskey. So in order to make sure you're avoiding things like that in the final product, you're just going to want to do some research to see what's in the actual product. And you can usually tell if it's like a creamy looking liquor or liqueur, then it most often has milk in it. But speaking of Bailey's and speaking of creamy liqueurs, they now make a vegan version of Bailey's and it's called Bailey's Almonde, I think. It's the word almond with an E at the end. So if you didn't know about that, that exists. I haven't tried it. I don't know how it is, but that exists. And hopefully more and more companies are going to start realizing that they don't need to use animal products in order to make their liquors or liqueurs or whatever it is with animal products and they can use vegan alternatives instead. But just be careful for things that just say honey on the label or that look a little bit creamy or milky. You might want to double check to make sure that it is vegan before you consume it. Another thing that I did want to address before moving on is the glue on the labels of beer and wine that, you know, hold the labels onto the beer and wine bottle or whatever it is. Some of these glues are made using the connective tissue of animals, and this information is kind of hard to find. So if you're wanting to steer clear of that, I would suggest reaching out to the company, asking them directly, but they might not even know. So I did want to bring that up just in case there's some of you are out there and you're like, I don't want to use glue made from animals. It might be hard to find that information out, but I wanted to put it out there for those of you who might be really interested in knowing about that. Okay, so now that we know that some alcohol isn't vegan, how do you find out if a specific beer, wine, or spirit is vegan or not? So the best place to scope it out is at barnivore.com. It's a really weird name. I don't understand why it's called barnivore, but it's the word barn and then evore, like herbivore and barn. I really, like, am I missing something here? Does that have something to do with alcohol? I don't know. But barnivore.com, I will definitely leave a link for that in the show notes for you. And it's a really, really great website, the most comprehensive website by far. There are over 47,000 entries that have been checked and often double or even triple checked by the Barnivore community to make sure something is vegan or not. You can refine your search to narrow it down to just beer, wine, or liquor, depending on what you're looking for. You can type in the type of alcohol that you're wanting to know about into the little search bar. And if it's in their database, it will come up and say vegan friendly if they don't use any animal products in the finding process or in the final product itself. And if it's not in their database, they even have a tab on their website, which gives you a sample email that you can just copy, paste, and adjust where needed and send it off to any company that isn't listed on Barnivore to find out whether their products or vegan or not. And you never know. Asking a company whose wine isn't vegan, if their wine is vegan, might make them consider finding alternatives to their current filtering processes in order to serve more customers and make more money. So if it's not popping up in the database, just send a little quick email. You can even call the winery or brewery if it's during normal business hours to ask, but they might not know right away, so don't expect them to just have like an immediate answer. They might need to like double check and call you back. So I feel like sending an email might be the best way to do it so they can kind of take their time and, and make sure they're giving you 
the right answer. But yeah, all of that is just on the Barnivore website. So they make it really easy for you to reach out to companies to see if something that they're carrying is vegan or not. So as of now, Barnivore is just a website only. So you have to get on the internet. So whether you are on your computer or if you're on your phone, you know, get on your Safari app or your Chrome app or whatever you use for your internet and go there and search. But apparently they have an app in the works, which is awesome because it would be so nice to not have to like get on the internet each time to just open up your app, type in whatever you're looking for and find it. But in the meantime, there are a couple of apps that you can download to help you check your booze. I haven't checked these out. I don't know how comprehensive they are, but for iPhone, I've heard that Veggie Beers is a really good app to try out for this. And for Android, Vegetipple, I don't know if I'm saying that right, is an app that you can download for the same purpose as well. And again, I'll leave links for these in the show notes for sure. And if you're into printing lists and keeping them on you, then they even have printable versions of their lists on the Barnivore website. So if you want to use a bunch of paper and do that, then you can print lists if that feels best for you. I saw it was one of the options, so I wanted to mention it. And it's also important to note that the ingredients that companies use in their products may differ from country to country. So again, this is where doing the research on your own to just double check might be the best way to go about finding whether something is vegan or not. Because if it's vegan in the United States, it might not be vegan in the UK or in Australia or in Poland or wherever you're listening from. Shout out to all y'all that listen from all over the world. So many people in so many different countries listen to this podcast and I think it's awesome. So shout out to you guys. But Barnivore does offer a drop-down menu where you can select the country you're trying to find information for to make it a little bit easier for you. So barnivore.com is definitely the best place to go to find out if the type of booze you're wanting to drink or buy or whatever is vegan or not. So definitely go check out that website, get familiar with it a little bit, maybe type in some of your favorite wines and they might pop up vegan friendly or not vegan friendly and then you'll know. So I would, yeah, recommend just going over there, playing around a little bit, getting familiar with the website and that way you'll know how to use it. So before we get into some popular beer and wine that is vegan, I just want to chat with you a little bit more about today's sponsor and give you that friend discount code that I promised you. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I love Osea's products. They have changed my life for the better in so many ways. My biggest insecurity used to be the acne that I had on my chin. It just wouldn't go away and I didn't really have it when I was younger. And then as I got older as an adult, I just had it pretty much all the time. And no matter what I did, no matter what products I tried, it just was there and it was so annoying and it just made me so self-conscious and I would have to wear more makeup. And then it was that vicious cycle of wearing makeup to cover up the acne and then getting more acne. Oh, it was so frustrating. But once I started using Osea's products, everything started to change. And that is why I am so excited that they are a sponsor for this podcast because I love spreading the word about about them because it's they're such a great company and their products are absolutely amazing. They've been around since 1996. The company was founded by a woman. It's a family-run business. Everything that they use is non-toxic. It's all plant-based and vegan and cruelty-free. And I know that a lot of you guys are looking for products like that as well, which is so amazing. They've always been this way since 1996. They started out, they founded their company with these morals and beliefs in mind, which is just so awesome to me. I love supporting companies that that have the same viewpoints on this kind of stuff 
that I do. Everything comes in sustainable packaging in these nice glass bottles and jars and it just is so it's just exactly what I've been looking for for so long so if their skincare products sound like something that you're stoked on then I have a little discount code for you you can get ten dollars off of your first purchase of fifty dollars or more by clicking the link in the show notes and the discount will just be automatically applied or you can go to oseamalibu.com and it's o-s-e-a malibu.com forward slash how to vegan. So if you type that in or click the link in the show notes, the discount will just be automatically applied at checkout and you'll be good to go. Okay, so now let's get into some popular beer that is vegan. Budweiser. Budweiser is vegan except the Clamato variety and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about Clamato in a little bit. Coors, Corona, Heineken, Stella, Miller Lite, Pabst Blue Ribbon aka PBR, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Guinness, which up until 2016 was not vegan, but they've reformulated it. So now it is, which I did not know about. I went vegan in 2011 and I remember being like, what? I liked Guinness. It's not my favorite, but sometimes it's just good. And I remember being like, what? Guinness isn't vegan? Like, no, I don't. That sucks. And a lot of people really do enjoy Guinness, but it's vegan now. And I didn't know that. So as of three years ago, it's, it's been vegan. And I'll leave a link to a fairly comprehensive, but not 100% complete list of vegan beer options in the show notes for you. But I just wanted to highlight some of the more kind of like popular brands that are vegan and all of the like other beers in those brands lines like Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors, Coors Light, Miller Light, Miller High Life, all that. Those are vegan as well. So those are just the companies who create vegan beers. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight some of the popular brands that are vegan so that if you see them, you know, oh, I can get this. This isn't vegan. This doesn't have egg whites in it. Great. (laughs) And now for some popular wine that is vegan. We've got Charles Shaw, aka Two Buck Chuck from Trader Joe's. I know that a lot of people really like this wine because it's super hella cheap and it is vegan, but they're red wines only. And you'll kind of find this a lot because it's a little bit easier to have a little bit of some sediment in red wine, but people don't want to be looking at sediment in their white wine. So some brands, their red wine will be vegan, but they'll use some of those non-vegan fining agents in their white wine. So again, get on Barnivore, double check to make sure that the exact wine that you're wanting to drink is vegan. But yeah, Two Buck Chuck, aka Charles Shaw from Trader Joe's is vegan. Anything from Frey Vineyards, F-R-E-Y, is vegan. The Vegan Vine, clearly, it says it on the name, on the label, is vegan. La Crema, I really used to like their Chardonnay. I haven't had it in a long time, but one of the restaurants I worked at, uh, La Crema Chardonnay was really popular. So La Crema, their wines are vegan. Layer Cake, Mayomi, their Pinot Noir is awesome. Red Truck Wines and Yellowtail. But again, they're red wines only, not their white or their rosé. So again, be careful about the red versus white. You'll more often find red wine that is vegan and not the white or the rosé. And if you really love your wine, there is a company called Vegan Wines, and they offer an online vegan wine club where you get customized boxes of wine delivered to your doorstep three times a year. And they even have the option to add vegan cheese, like Miyoko's vegan cheese. So, Again, if you're really into wine, you can have 
customized boxes. Like I think they have one that includes red, white, rosé, and another one that just is red. It's a little bit spendy, but if you have the budget and you're super into wine or if you want to give a gift or something like that, it's called Vegan Wines. I will definitely leave a link in the show notes and it just gets delivered to your doorstep and you know it's vegan. So wanted to put that in there as well. And again, I will leave a link to a fairly comprehensive but not complete list of vegan wine options in the show notes for you too. But those are some of kind of the popular wines that you'll see in a lot of stores that are vegan. So now that we know about the actual booze itself, what about the mixers or the things that people like to mix their booze with? So you'll want to be aware that some juices commonly used as mixers and alcoholic drinks are not vegan. For example, Tropicana's heart healthy orange juice isn't vegan. It contains fish oil and fish gelatin, including tilapia, sardine, and anchovies in order to get the omega-3s so they can call it heart healthy. So you don't want to get the heart healthy orange juice. You'll also want to be careful of any orange juice that says it's been fortified with vitamin D3 since vitamin D3 is often sourced from an animal. So I would just steer clear of anything that's fortified with vitamin D3 unless again you want to reach out to the company but they do just have like pure 100% orange juice that isn't fortified and that's what I would try to go with if you're wanting to make sure that your orange juice is vegan. The next juice that you'll want to avoid is Minute Maid's ruby red grapefruit juice and there might be other grapefruit juice as well but for sure the Minute Maid's ruby red grapefruit juice because the reason it looks so ruby red is because it contains cochineal, otherwise known as carmine, carminic acid, or natural red 4. And this dye is made from the ground-up body of an insect called the cochineal. So it isn't vegan. They're grinding up bugs, which is really unfortunate and it's really, really cruel. So be on the lookout for any product containing carmine or cochineal. And carmine can also sometimes be found in orange juice to give it a brighter color. So if you have access to the ingredients list, like if you're buying it at the store and you're not just at a bar or something like that, then just steer clear of anything with the word carmine on the label. And if you're at a bar or a restaurant, you can ask if they fresh squeeze their juice, which is ideal because it tastes so much better and it doesn't have the possibility of containing some non-vegan ingredients. And if it's not hand squeezed or hand pressed, then they should know the brand that they are using. Every restaurant should know what they're using in their food and their drinks. And for restaurants and bars that don't, it's a little bit weird. So just a heads up, Everybody should know what they're serving their customer. They should have bottles of it in the walk-in where everything is stored. So if you really want to know, you can ask. If it's hella busy, they might be like, lady, we're not going to tell you right now, which is kind of shitty. And I think they should anyway, but some people aren't the nicest. Another super common mixer, Bloody Mary mix, may not be vegan. It's usually made with Worcestershire sauce, which is traditionally made with anchovies. Luckily, there are vegan Worcestershire sauces out there. Annie's, that brand has one and there's a few other ones as well, but that's the one that I primarily see. So if you're out at a bar and really wanting a Bloody Mary to cure your hangover, because a lot of people drink alcohol to cure their hangover, then you might want to bring your own Worcestershire sauce, which I've done before and be like, hey, can you leave it out and use this? But if it already comes pre-mixed or they make the mix ahead of time, then just ask if there's Worcestershire sauce in it. And some like super cheap Worcestershire sauces don't have anchovies in it. So if they have everything that they use to make 
their Bloody Mary mix on hand, you can ask to see the bottle and it might not have anchovies in it, which would be legit. Then you could drink it. Or if they make the Bloody Mary mix in your glass to order, which some bars do, you can just ask the bartender to leave the Worcestershire sauce out. It might not taste as Bloody Mary-y as normal, but if you're not wanting to consume anchovies, then you just ask them to leave it out. And I'll leave a link to my vegan Bloody Mary mix recipe that I have on my YouTube channel because it is absolutely delicious and it's totally vegan and... I make this every time we go camping and people are just like, this is the best Bloody Mary mix ever. So if you're into Bloody Marys, I will leave a link for that in the show notes for you. Similarly, Clamato, like I mentioned earlier, or any drinks made with Clamato, such as Micheladas, which is typically made with beer and Clamato juice, and Caesar cocktails, which are similar to Bloody Marys, but they're made with Clamato, are not vegan because Clamato contains dried clam broth, hence the name Clamato. And some drinks may have egg whites in them. The most common drink I see them in is sours, like a whiskey sour. So some bars, usually a little bit high-end, more high-end bars or restaurants, will use eggs in their sours. It should say on the menu, but I've gone to bars or restaurants before and ordered one and it comes back and I'm like, this looks not clear. And I'm like, this might have, or it's kind of like frothy on top. This might have egg whites in it. So just be aware that that is something that bartenders can do. And it just gives it a really like smooth and creamy texture and you can't taste the egg whites. So I know that I've worked at some bars where we did that in our sours because people really liked it. But again, it should say it on the menu or you can just double check like, hey, you guys don't use egg whites in your sours if that's something that you're wanting to get. And like I said, you can usually tell if it's been shaken with an egg white when you get your drink. It's happened to me before and I've been like, this is this looks like egg whites and it was. So just be aware that that is a thing. Drinks like white Russians and mudslides are usually not vegan. They contain milk or cream unless you make them with non-dairy milk or the bar you're at offers that as a substitute. I've seen that more recently. Some of the nice bars in downtown Boise offer, you know, non-dairy milk or non-dairy cream for their white Russians. And it's awesome because they're so good. Or you can order a black Russian if you're into that flavor profile and it just comes without the cream in it. So it's not as delicious if you're super into white Russians, but it's still really, really good and has that same flavor profile. And finally, just be aware that most hot toddies, that warm whiskey forward drink that lots of people enjoy when they're sick, usually in the winter, typically has honey in it. And it's not as good when you order it without the honey unless they have a replacement. It's pretty tart and really whiskey forward if you don't have honey in it. So just be aware that hot toddies typically have honey in them. So if you're wanting to steer clear of honey, and again, if you don't know much about honey and why some vegans, most vegans avoid it, go check out the What's the Deal with Honey episode that I put out a few months ago. It's really, really educational and eye-opening. And if you're just not sure about what the cocktail you're ordering has in it, just ask the bartender. They should know. And if they don't, that's weird, to be honest. It is weird. You can ask your server. You can ask your bartender. They should know what they're putting into their drinks. Okay, so what do you do when you're out and about and you want to order a beer or someone hands you a glass of wine or a cocktail at a party and you're just not sure if it's vegan? Well, that is up to you. You can take what you've learned from this episode and make a decision that feels best for you. If you feel comfortable whipping out your phone and doing some research at the restaurant, bar, or party you're at, then do it. It might be a little bit more difficult to find information about locally crafted wine and beer because it just depends on if someone else has already entered that information into the Barnivore 
website, but you never know, it might be there. And if not, make sure to like jot it down in the notes section of your phone or whatever you use to take notes and reach out to the winery or brewery when you get home and add it to the Barnabore website so that more people know. But that's happened to me before. Someone will be like, here's a glass of wine. And I'm like, oh, thanks. What is it? And maybe they don't know, or maybe they do know, and you type it in Barnabore and it's not there. It just depends on what feels best for you, whether you want to drink it or whether you don't want to drink it. Some vegans that I know will drink pretty much any booze, except for the few that are obviously not vegan, like Bailey's or Jack Daniel's honey whiskey or whatever. While other vegans I know won't touch any booze at all without verifying that it's in fact 100% vegan. I have typically fallen more in the like the first category where if someone hands me something or I'm at a bar, I'll drink it. But after doing this episode and kind of knowing more about it, I really want to make a more concerted effort to know what I'm consuming and to know whether something is vegan or not. But again, it just depends on what feels good for you. If you're a brand new vegan and you just feel like this is too much to even worry about right now, then that's fine. Don't let anybody, don't let the vegan police attack you and say, you're not vegan enough and you need to make sure that's not vegan. This is your journey. This is your life. You need to live it in a way that feels good for you. And if taking baby steps is what you need to do, then do that. But like I said, I would recommend just jotting it down somewhere. And then that way, when you get home, you can take a look and see if it's on the website. And if not, feel free to reach out and ask. That'll help people in the future who are searching for that specific booze to know if it's vegan or not. And if you do have a drink that you later find out isn't vegan, or maybe you know it isn't vegan or you don't know at all, don't beat yourself up. Remember, veganism isn't about perfection. It's about reducing suffering as much as possible. So expecting uniformity amongst vegans isn't a reality and don't let anybody make you feel like shit about it. It's just not okay. So you just need to focus on doing what's best for you, doing what feels good for you because it's a holiday season and you're going to be going to work parties and you're going to be having family gatherings and maybe parties at your house or friend parties or whatever you do during this time of year. And alcohol is a big thing. Alcohol is a big thing in life in general, but really around this time of year, New Year's, Christmas, whatever kind of holiday you celebrate, alcohol is usually a staple at these kind of events and parties and gatherings. So again, just do what feels good for you. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it too much unless you're the kind of person that's like, I don't want to consume anything that isn't vegan. Like I, it doesn't feel right for me. Then you have resources like Barnivore and reaching out to the company to make sure, or just bring your own, bring your own bottle of wine, bring your own beer that you know is vegan. You can crack that open, drink it there, and you'll be good to go. And if you can, you might want to consider supporting vegan wineries and breweries that don't ever use any animal products as additives or in the fining process. I just think it's great to support companies that are making an effort to not harm any animals or use any animal products. So if you can, try to support fully vegan wineries and breweries and distilleries, because I just think it's awesome when companies are aware and really making the effort. And since we're talking about alcohol here, I do think it is my responsibility to discuss the risks of drinking alcohol. I just feel like not doing so would be a huge disservice to anybody listening to this podcast to just ignore this overall because it is a big deal. Alcohol, bottom line, ruins a lot of lives. Alcohol kills around 88,000 people in the U.S. each year. And these deaths include those from liver disease, drunk driving accidents, and colon cancer. 
And worldwide, alcohol kills more than 3 million people each year. So I don't mean to be like a bummer after this whole, here's how to drink. And, you know, I drink alcohol and I'm definitely trying to cut back. I just, I know that it's not good for me. It's not good all around. But I don't think that it would be okay for me to put out an episode about alcohol without talking a little bit about this. So I'm not trying to like be a downer here, but I just want to be honest. And I just felt like this was really important to include. Alcohol contributes to a lot of deaths and a lot of really shitty situations. Some short-term side effects of alcohol are loss of coordination and judgment, trouble concentrating, and it lowers your inhibitions, which if you've been drunk before, you know that all of which can contribute to someone deciding to get into the car and drive drunk. And in 2017, I found some stats for 2017. It was kind of harder to find 2018. There were 10,874 people killed in alcohol-impaired driving crashes in the United States. That's an average of one alcohol-impaired driving fatality every 48 minutes. And alcohol is a huge contributing factor in crimes that are committed, including domestic violence and sexual assault. So it's not good. It's really not good when abused. Some long-term effects of alcohol include diminished gray matter and white matter in your brain, memory loss, the risk of developing several types of cancer, and even stroke. Alcohol is just straight up poison, you guys. Like, it's just, that's what it is. That's why it makes you feel fucked up. It's just poison. So it's just poisoning your body. And that's where those effects are showing up that just makes you feel fucked up. If you drink too much of it, you die. Like alcohol poisoning, dying from that is a thing. Drinking one liter, which is about four cups of hard alcohol will kill you. And I know that's a lot, like that is a lot, but it happens and it can happen with beer. It can happen with wine. If you drink too much, you can die. And it's just scary that people are so into something that just is killing them. And I know it's fun. Trust me. Like I... I think it's fun. Like, I love it. But I would just highly recommend trying to not abuse it and be really being just being really thoughtful of how you're consuming your alcohol, just like you should be doing with everything in your life, the kind of content you're consuming, the kind of, you know, if you're watching the news or not, the type of food you're consuming. I just think I'm a huge advocate of being really conscious and aware of the type of things that you're putting into your body, whether it's food, drink, or into your brain. I think it's so important to be aware of that stuff, which is again why I wanted to talk about this a little bit in this podcast episode. And because alcohol is widely legal and heavily, heavily, heavily advertised, too often it just gets a free pass when it comes to safety, which is really fucking sad. Like it just, the alcohol companies and the advertisements they put out, the marketing teams make it seem so appealing and so like if you're not doing it, you're missing out. And just be aware that that isn't always the case. And for anybody maybe struggling with this, there are definitely some resources that you can check out. So again, if you're just going to drink, please make sure to do it responsibly. Please, please, please. I would hate for someone to listen to this episode and be like, oh, I'm going to go buy a bunch of vegan wine and drink it. Like, just please be aware that it is really dangerous. It can be really dangerous. And that being mindful about it is something that I am a huge proponent of. So for those of you wanting to limit the amount of booze you're drinking or maybe just cut it out completely, I have some awesome resources for you. And I do feel like the sober movement is definitely growing and that people are really becoming more sober curious, which is great. I have a feeling that it might be like the new cool thing to do. 
there's a really big health awakening taking place on our planet, hence the vegan thing, the plant-based diet, and people are wanting to treat their bodies better or they're just not wanting to be hungover because hangovers suck so bad. So things like mocktail bars and mocktail drinks on menus are becoming more popular and widespread. I've definitely noticed this in the last few months, a new kind of like mocktail bar. They didn't want it to be called mocktail bar. I think they're calling it free spirits, free spirit drinks. I don't know. Just opened up in Boise and I've been seeing them more on menus too. And we went to a restaurant last night and we were like, Hey, do you guys have any non-alcoholic beer? And she was like, no, we don't, but I can make you a really good mocktail. So I think people are becoming more aware and it's becoming almost like a trending thing. So just a heads up, I do think that that movement is going to start infiltrating, which I think is great. I think that if you want to have alcohol, great, but if you don't, it's awesome to feel supported. And I think that that is going to be more and more widespread. And I'll leave a link in the show notes for 30 amazing vegan mocktails that sound absolutely delicious. So if you're wanting to cut back, then you can maybe make some mocktails that make it feel like you're not missing out at a party or whatever situation you're usually drinking at. There are lots of vegan mocktails that are amazing. And I've also been dabbling lately in some non-alcoholic beer. And prior to that, there were like a couple when I used to be bartending that were like so gross. I remember trying and be like, why would anybody drink this? But lately I have found some that are quite tasty. My favorite is Heineken 0.0, which has zero alcohol in it, hence the name. And it's probably my favorite amongst the ones that I've tried. And just keep in mind that many non-alcoholic beers still contain 0.5% alcohol. That's kind of like the common go-to in these non-alcoholic beers. But there are several now that have no alcohol. So if you don't want to be drinking any alcohol, maybe you're pregnant or maybe you just are in recovery and you just don't want to drink any alcohol for whatever reason, there are some options out there. So if you're interested and you like Heineken, check out Heineken 0.0. I'll leave a link to a list of good NA beers in the show notes for you so you can kind of go through those. But I've seen like non-alcoholic IPAs. I haven't seen any here in Boise in the stores, but I've seen some advertised. And again, I just think this like sober curious or sober movement is growing and this stuff is going to become more and more available, which is awesome. And if you're into podcasts, I highly recommend checking out the Seltzer Squad podcast. I've been listening to it for a couple of months now, and I find it so inspirational and educational. You feel like you're just hanging out with some rad sober friends who have some really good insights and tips for you on living the sober life. And they also have a really good resource page for even more info on sober living. And I know there's a lot of information out there. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to stop drinking alcohol, there's so many resources out there available for you. Go on to Google, type in how to get sober. Ooh, and there's a really good book written by this dude named Alan Carr, I believe, and it's called The Easy Way to Quit Drinking. He writes lots of books called The Easy Way. He has one about smoking, which a lot of my friends several years ago quit smoking after reading that book. And there's lots of other stuff that he writes these kind of books on. But I read the one um, on drinking a couple of years ago, and it really opened my eyes up and just kind of changes your perspective on the whole drinking thing. So if you're interested, I believe his name is Alan Carr. I will double check. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But that is something that if you're considering wanting to quit drinking or cutting back, or if you know someone in your life, that book is such a good resource. So I'll definitely leave a link 
for that as well for you. Alrighty, that is it for this episode. I really, really hope you liked this topic. Like I said, this was such a fun one to put together and I learned a lot. One of the things I love about these What's the Deal With series is that I learn so much and being in the position I'm in, having a podcast and a YouTube channel and a Facebook group with almost 85,000 members in it, I get asked these kind of questions a lot. And now when I, after I do these episodes, I'm like, oh, I know everything about alcohol. I know everything about honey. I know everything about palm oil. I know everything about eggs. So those are the what's the deal with series episodes that I've done so far. And if you have any ideas for episodes, especially the what's the deal with series episodes, then please hit me up. I have a super long list of episodes. So it might be a minute until I get to your episode because like hundreds of episode ideas. Like I'm, this podcast isn't going anywhere. I love doing this podcast. I love researching. I have my teaching degree. So I just love researching and putting together outlines. And it feels like giving a presentation in school, which I really, really loved, but I get to have my notes here with me. So if you have an idea for an episode, let me know, but be aware it's not going to be right away. But yeah, like I said earlier, this episode was highly requested and it was perfect. This is a perfect time of year to talk about alcohol right before kind of Christmas time and holiday season really kicks into gear. So if you have any ideas for an episode, hit me up. Come find me on Instagram. It's just kristen.pound, K-R-I-S-T-E-N dot pound. Come find me on YouTube. Come join my How to Vegan Facebook group. Just type in How to Vegan on Facebook. My group is awesome. It's such a loving, supportive, kind, non-judgmental group for vegans and non-vegans alike. There's so many recipes that are shared and it's a perfect place to ask questions and just connect with other like-minded people. So if you're not a member of my How to Vegan Facebook group, come join say what's up. Let me know that you joined from the podcast and I'll be super stoked to see you in there. And I just wanted to let you know, as far as the upcoming episodes that I plan on doing, I believe the next episode will be my top 10 vegan documentaries. I think that would be a perfect episode to do right before the new year. So for people who are going to be really interested in going vegan, it'll be a great episode for them to listen to, to kind of get some more really in-depth resources for, you know, the ethical side of things, the health side of things, and the environmental side of things. So that's going to probably, I'm hundred percent sure actually be the next episode, my top 10 vegan documentaries. And then the next episode, I'm not hundred percent sure on. I think it's going to be something that has to do with like tips for transitioning to veganism. Again, with the new year coming, a lot of people are going to be wanting to go vegan or kind of dabble in it or interested. So I think talking about the transition period and what to expect and all of that might be good for the new year. But if you have any ideas or what you might want to hear, especially if you were say a brand new vegan, then let me know. I love getting little comments and input from you guys. And again, if you are interested in trying Osea Malibu's amazing, amazing products, then click on the link in the show notes to get $10 off of your first purchase of $50, or you can go to oseamalibu.com forward slash how to vegan, and it'll just automatically apply the discount code at checkout. So you can just go shop around. And when you're ready to check out, you'll get 10 bucks off. Super good deal. Amazing company absolutely love them. Again, go follow the How to Vegan podcast on Instagram. Follow my personal account on Instagram. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a rating and review. Feel free to send me a DM with any questions you might have. I love sending little voice message responses. So if you have a question about this episode or anything in general, hit me up. I love being there to support you guys. I don't want to be this person who's just putting out information and that isn't available to answer questions. So you can send me an email. You can hit me up on 
social media. You can join the Facebook group and ask question there, which I think is the best place to ask a question is in the Facebook group. Because like I said, there are almost 85,000 members in the Facebook group and you can ask a question and get so many different responses and input and ideas and just brainstorming. And it's just such a great resource. So go join the Facebook group. And I just think it's a great place to ask questions. And like I mentioned before, all of the links to everything I mentioned are going to be in the show notes over at kristenpound.com forward slash podcast. Find this episode and you'll find everything that I talked about links for everything that I mentioned. Or you can just open up the description in whatever podcast listening platform you are listening to and the direct link for this episode will be in there and it'll take you right to the show notes. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have some really solid information about booze now and what alcohol is and isn't vegan and the mixers and all of that stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys so much and I will just catch you in the next episode of the How to Vegan podcast. Peace.